welcome to the show. Happy Monday to you. I've got a really weird echo on me. Anybody else hear it? Just me? Okay, now it's gone. All right, thanks, Rob. Whatever you just did, nicely done, my friend. Rob Trevisan is our technical producer in the Chorus Studios. Chris Creston is the producer of the program, and I am the host of the program somewhere in the 905 in Broad Productions. Um, good to have you back with us. I hope the weekend went okay and it wasn't too stressful. I know a lot of golfers really teed off at the fact that their tee times were canceled, right? Friday, that was a big day. Uh, we thought we were moving into a police state and then there was a, an, a quick about face. Oh, well, wait a minute. When we said cops could stop you, we didn't mean everybody. So that's been walked back. Uh, and so has the, um, availability or lack of availability of your kids to take advantage of playground equipment. Uh, they are allowed on the swing sets again. Hurrah! All right, let's get down to uh, brass tacks here and figure out exactly what's happening. Um, there just seems to be, I don't know if it's a miscommunication. Let's just call it that for the sake of our, our next guest. Paul Calandra is the government house leader. And here's what Andrea Horvath said happened on Friday at 5 o'clock. 5 o'clock on Friday, the government house leader, Mr. Calandra, called my house leader, Peggy Sattler, John Fraser from the Liberals, Mike Schreiner from the Greens, and presented them with a paper that he asked them to sign so that we could cooperatively agree to shutting down the legislature on Wednesday. And of course, we said, well, we're, my, my person said, my person Peggy Sattler said, well, I, we're going to have to talk to my, I'm going to have to talk to my leader about that. So we called an emergency caucus meeting. Uh, and of course, we said, no, we're not going to do that. Now, I, I believe it's been said that there's three sides of a story, right? My side, your side, and the truth. So here to give his side, government house leader, Paul Calandra. Welcome to the show, Paul. Good to have you on. Hi, thanks for having me. So let's clear things up. What happened at five o'clock on Friday? Did you call everybody like Andrea Horvath said and introduce a letter? Well, certainly earlier in the day, we did call uh, all of the House leaders uh, together. It was in response to a request that they had made of my office, uh, the NDP on five separate occasions, the, the Liberals on a number of occasions, uh, I think three separate letters from the Liberals, questions in the House. They had wanted to bring together a House leaders meeting to discuss the potential of moving to a virtual parliament. Uh, which we convened for them on Friday. Uh, we had done some background uh, um, investigating on how many people this would mean uh, uh, to, to facilitate a virtual parliament. As you know, we are already, members of provincial parliament are already working on cohorts. So we are already socially distanced in the house. We already vote in a socially distanced manner. So the point of a virtual parliament to see is how many legislative staff would be alleviated of the responsibility of being here if we went virtual. And we found out that uh, only that would mean a, a difference of about 12 people only. We communicated that information uh, to the opposition. They then asked for other options should the House need to be brought down. We presented those options to them, making it very clear. We had a budget that we had to pass, so there was no interest in adjourning the House. But to be uh, very clear, uh, Kelly, uh, there was a motion passed on the first day that we came in uh, on uh, in February that requires a consent of all House leaders to bring the House down. That's one option. Uh, but had I really wanted to bring the House down, I don't need permission of, uh, of the NDP or the Liberals or the Greens to do that. I have other tools in which to do it. Uh, so I would have never needed to ask them for help to do it. Uh, uh, so I, I don't know if it's communications, uh, a difference in communications, or it's just the, quite frankly, the opposition seizing on what probably wasn't the best couple of days communications-wise for us and, uh, and trying to score some cheap political points. 
Okay, but arguably uh, that would have been a horrible look on you if you would have used those other powers to bring down the House without, you know, in the middle of a pandemic, especially after announcing basically what amounted to uh, a possible police state. Yeah, that's why there was no intention to bring down the House. As you know, I've uh, I've uh, been very aggressive on, on the House. We've insisted the Premier, one of the first things the Premier told me last March uh, was that there had to continue to be an accountable government, which included giving the opposition the right to hold us accountable through question period, through committees. So last year, we moved uh, very aggressively to retrofit all of our committee rooms so that they could work virtually, so that they could be televised, so they could handle video conferencing. We sat the legislature late into July so that we can continue question periods. We've made modifications on voting procedures, as I say, so that they're done in the lobbies. We've reduced the amount of MPs who are who are there to, to cohorting, uh, so that we could continue on uh, uh, in a in a safe uh, in a safe fashion. So uh, it is, uh, and I answered the question very clearly in the House. Uh, I think it was last Thursday when I said that uh, so long as essential workers are working. Uh, I believe uh, that the members of provincial parliament should continue to be working at the legislative assembly. But to be very clear, this was a request. Well, that doesn't wait a minute. Doesn't I just have to ask you a question here? I understand that the, the essential workers, the idea behind that, but I got to break in here. Um, sure. Isn't it best though when you're telling the rest of us to stay home if we can work from home to have people work from home, including the legislature? Yeah, and we've uh, we've done that uh, uh, to, to a vast majority. We have uh, cohorting. So if you look at in the legis uh, on the legislature, uh, there is uh, usually not more than 20, 20 members of provincial parliament who are there. Now, one of the things that we have to do, I would argue that the legislative assembly is an essential service. We are making very challenging decisions on behalf of the people of the province of Ontario. So the members of provincial parliament have been cohorting, have been reduced for uh, for over a year now. So in order to continue on in a virtual fashion, we looked into, we worked with assembly staff and asked how many people could stay home if we moved to a virtual parliament. And they came back to us and said, maybe maximum 12 people. The clerks would still come in. Of how many? Of, of about 300. Uh, so given that, we gave that information to the opposition. We let them know that uh, this is the amount of, of legislative staff that would be saved. Uh, and they, Ms. Sadler, specifically asked for other options should the House need to be brought down. And we reiterated there is a motion that we signed together that we passed unanimously in the House uh, in early February. Uh, and, uh, and that it was my intention uh, that we continue on. I also made it very clear uh, that if we had to adjourn for any particular reason, that we would be making up any days lost at the end of the session, even if that meant going into June, July or August. So... Uh, look, uh, uh, we have, uh, I want to continue on. The Premier has, has ordered me and mandated me that we continue on having an accountable government, mm -hmm. and we will. All right. I want to ask you a couple of questions here uh, sure. that you just brought up in your answer. So try, uh, could you try and make sense of why only 12 of 300 people in the legislature could work virtually? Uh, well, look, security would still have to be here. The uh, the Speaker is still going to have to be here. Hansard, uh, which... Uh, uh, keeps a copy of everything that we say. They they still have uh, to be here. The clerks uh, still have to be here. We still have to present documents. Uh, legislation still has to be tabled. Uh, so we did, uh, we did uh, mm. review this quite extensively. One of the other problems that we run into in the Legislative Assembly is because there were no uh, upgrades uh, done over the past 15 or 20 years, we had to move very quickly even just to allow uh, upgrade our committee rooms so that we could use those virtually and have them televised. Uh, uh, and that work is only just completed. But 
but ultimately uh, members have been uh, working in a, in a safe fashion. It's ironic too, given the fact that mm-hmm. the NDP opposed almost every single one of these measures uh, to ensure the safety of our legislative staff uh, and and uh, MPs, whether it was cohorting, whether it was voting in the lobbies in a socially uh, distant manner, whether it was continuing the legislative session into July last year, whether it was the extensive committees, they have opposed every single measure that we have uh, we have taken. We mm-hmm. have uh, moved mounts, and we will continue to do it. And and I get it. Look, I get it. Uh, we had a bad couple of days. They're seizing on that. Uh, uh, so be it. Uh, but ultimately, well, they're uh, not the only ones seizing on that. I got to be oh, honest. No, and I get we'll it. be talking no, about it. it, too. The communication yeah. has been lousy. Um, I, I understand that we're moving into a third wave. Um, by the way, I just want to throw this in here. And this will sure. this is in your favor. Andrea Horvath also said to Mike Stafford, she feels very safe at the legislature. Mm-hmm. So look, uh, with uh, all that, you got her support yeah. there. Yeah, look, they, the, the legislative staff here have done a remarkable job in keeping us uh, in keeping uh, the precinct safe. We've had very few, if any, I think a couple of, uh, of potential uh, uh, corona, uh, COVID cases. And that's that's it. So that's why I think mm-hmm. it's important that we, we stay here and continue to do our job in person. I get why the federal government is, is doing it differently. Look, they have members coming in from across the country. It's much different for them than it is for us. And we can continue to do it in a safe fashion. I, I, I don't see, as long as we can do that, I don't see any reason why we should move to a virtual parliament as the uh, the uh, opposition has been suggesting. Okay. Andrea Horvath, speaking of opposition right now, currently she's holding a conference at Queens Park. You can probably look out your window and see her. Uh, she is saying that, um, that she has written a letter to the government. I'm guessing this is what she's saying, because this is what she has said in print. Sure. Uh, that it will not cooperate with any suspension of the legislature until the province institutes paid sick days, canceled all uh, extraordinary police powers announced on Friday, shuts down on all non-essential workplaces and pledges a meaningful package of supports for businesses and workers affected by closures. Are any of these things still an option for you, still an option in fighting the coronavirus pandemic, especially in this deadly third wave? Yeah, look, as we said, everything remains on the table. We're, uh, we're anticipating uh, with the federal budget today, there's the first budget that they've had in, in two years. We're anticipating uh, some enhancements to the Canada uh, sick benefit, which, in, which will include uh, uh, a, a paid day so people can get vaccinated and a removal of the waiting period. Uh, the, the, I believe is a three-day waiting period for people who apply for the benefit. That's what we're expecting in the benefit today. This is uh, something that the premier initially negotiated uh, 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 with all other premiers to, to, to provide a sick benefit for all Canadians. There needs to be modifications. We're expecting to see that in, in, today's, uh, in today's budget. Uh, and as I said last week in, in, in the House, if, you know, the, I encourage Andrea Horvath to call her former caucus mate, the leader of the NDP who holds the balance of power in Ottawa, to ensure that these measures are in today's budget. But everything remains on the table, Kelly. Look, ultimately, uh, because the vaccines, we haven't gotten as many vaccines as we were promised in the beginning. Great that they're coming in June, but we were mm-hmm. expecting millions more now. Because the airports have been such a challenge for us. Look, I think over 400 different, uh, uh, dozens of flights uh, last uh, last week in through Pearson Airport. I think over 400 rows of potential infected uh, uh, cases through that through that airport. Our borders have been a challenge for us. These variants didn't come from Ontario. They came from other parts uh, of of the world, and we have been 
asking for months to take action on the border. We enforced uh, testing at, uh, at Pearson Airport. We started isolation of, uh, of foreign travelers in the province of Ontario. And we continue to ask for the federal government to do something about our airports. If you can't get us the vaccines in time, then for the love of God, help us tackle the areas where we're having problems. And look, on the broader measures, uh, Kelly, we've seen through mobility data uh, that people are moving around a lot more than they did in, in the first wave. And I get it. It's tough. This has been going on a year. But lack of vaccines, porous borders has caused all provinces to have to make to take other steps uh, to ensure that we uh, we not only tackle COVID, but our ICU capacity is, uh, uh, is still sufficient enough to handle uh, all emergencies, not just COVID. Okay, you brought up a couple of things I want to touch on. First of all, help from the Prime Minister. Justin Trudeau tweeted out an offer of help with the military and Red Cross to Ontario. What, if any, help uh, that this government is uh, is offering are, is the Ford government willing to accept right now from the feds? Yeah, well, we just found out about this yesterday via, via news conference, Frank. Frankly, I was, uh, I was watching along with a number of other uh, uh, Ontario cabinet ministers to see what uh, the, the prime minister was going to, to mention. And we'll look, we'll take the, the healthcare staff. We don't have a capacity issue when it, uh, when it comes to uh, getting uh, needles in arms. We can do much more than, uh, uh, than, than the vaccines we have available. Uh, emergency staff, sure. But ultimately, what we've asked uh, is for him to improve the, the, the sick benefit. We've asked him to take action on the borders. This is a huge problem for us, and the provinces are having to take up uh, uh, that challenge in, in absence of federal leadership. And we're asking for realistic timetables and clear information on the vaccines that we're getting. Mm -hmm. We were promised millions more in February and March and into April, uh, and they they have not materialized, which causes all the provinces, not just Ontario, to, to shift what it is that we're doing. Great that they're coming in June. I appreciate the, the fact that they announced uh, another contract for $8 million in, in, in June and, and, and going into July. But we're in the midst of a third wave now. And yeah. it would have been a lot better for us had they been open and honest about the vaccines that we were getting ahead of time. Because our plans, all provincial plans, and you're seeing this not just in Ontario, but uh, British Columbia, Alberta, especially in those provinces, uh, Quebec, in those provinces that still have uh, uh, open international uh, uh, borders and flights coming in from around the world, it has been a challenge to, to, uh, to take on the third wave with a lack of vaccines. All right, we're running out of time here. So I wanted to ask you about something you just said. You've asked the feds to improve the sick benefit. How and why? Yeah, look, we've uh, we've been we've been on this uh, for some time now, and we're, I'm expecting it. Uh, I'm expecting today. There's a 700 million dollar surplus in the Ontario account with respect to uh, to sick benefit, uh, uh, and the reality is because the vaccines have not come come through in in, in late February, March, and April, it has really changed the dynamic. Uh, and now, as we move towards uh, uh, really uh, moving many more vaccines into some of the hotspot areas, uh, we are asking people to get their, get a vaccine, get a shot in their arm as quickly as possible, do whatever it takes to get the uh, available vaccines uh, so that we can tackle this. And that means that some people are going to have to take time off work to do it. And given that there's a $700 million surplus in that account, I think the time is right for uh, the feds to do. We've been waiting for a federal budget for two years. But what do you want them to do? Uh, look, as we said, uh, I think they, uh, because there's a $700 million surplus in that account, I think we can expect to see today that uh, they will provide a benefit for, benefit for anybody who needs an essential worker who needs to take a day off to get vaccinated. Uh, I, I'm hoping that uh, we'll see that. And there still is a, a, a three-day okay. um, 
Yeah, sure. But that doesn't, that doesn't, sorry, uh, just that doesn't help with the sick days here, though, and people taking sick days from work. Uh, Yeah, well, it does. The the Canada Sickness Response Benefit is for Ontario uh, workers. It's something that the premium. Yeah, we know it's 400 bucks a week. In, uh, Not a lot in, to live on in the opening of it. So, and that's why we're saying that there should be enhancements to it, given that there's a seven hundred million dollars surplus in that account. All right, and very respect, uh, lastly here, here before, before we get out of here, because I know I'm taking up a lot of your time, Paul, and I know that you're, you're busy, and I appreciate it. Um, but the AstraZeneca, uh, look, I the first thing I did when I fired up my computer this morning is went onto the um, pharmacy closest to me and signed up for the wait list to get on the AstraZeneca because now my age group uh, apparently the province will announce that forty and up. We'll be able to get AstraZeneca. When will we hear the announcement from you guys? Uh, look, as soon as that uh, announcement is made, I'm I'm signing up as well. I, I expect it to be uh, shortly. I thought it already happened, but I expect it any time now, uh, uh, frankly. And uh, I'm as excited. I encourage everybody. Uh, look, if you can get a vaccine, get it in your arm. Uh, and uh, let's start to put this behind us. Well, Paul, I want to thank you. Uh, I'm going to let you go so that you can take care of the blisters on your feet from me holding your feet to the fire today. And I appreciate you letting me do that. It's my job. Uh, Government House Leader Paul Calandra, thanks for your time. Thank you, Kelly. Appreciate it.